Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Barry Trammell. Coming to you post-game following Oklahoma State's 37-34 victory over Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl. Barry, it was uh, it was quite a ball game. It was uh, exciting from start to finish. Cowboys got way ahead. Uh, Miami got back in it, made it, a, made it a game. Really exciting all the way around, Barry, I thought. It was it, it was exciting and it was crazy, you know. OSU scored thirty seven points and got all but three of them in the first and fourth quarters. Um, the offense stagnated in the second and third quarters. Defense got uh, pretty lit up by the backup quarterback from Miami, but. Um, but the Cowboys ended up making enough plays, made some big defensive plays. Spencer Sanders made some plays, throwing to Brennan Presley. And it was um, it was really a fascinating game. Well, let's start with uh, with Spencer Sanders. It was uh, an interesting night for him. Like you said, they come out throwing the ball around like crazy and, uh, and really kind of took control of the game that way early before, uh, before things – went south a little bit, but uh, uh, even Manny Diaz said they were a little surprised to see Oklahoma State throwing the ball that much so early. Well, I, I have to believe anybody. Where I don't, I don't know if Mike Leach has ever opened a game with <laughs> 15 straight pass plays. Now, one of them, Spencer scrambled and made seven yards or something, but, I mean, they literally opened the game with 15 straight pass plays, and Casey Dunn told us that couple of those, two or three, were run-pass options, but he also said we were pretty sure the option was going to be pass. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was counter to what we sort of believed coming in because Miami's coming off a game in which it gave up 554 rushing yards to North Carolina. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, that's not, it's not the 71 wishbone. <laughs> so, uh, we thought OSU'd been running the ball better. Maybe OSU can run on Miami, but Mike Gundy seemed to indicate they didn't like the matchup. Um, they thought it was a bad matchup. The Miami defense against OSU's offense. It, he didn't say this. He's being nice, but what he meant was he didn't think they could block Miami. Right. He put a Miami D lineman out, uh, especially those linebackers, and they were they were quick, fast guys. And he said he just. He thought it was going to be trouble. And so they thought they were going to just have to throw on Miami, and turns out they did. The tailback run game never got going much at all. Uh, Spencer Sanders was the best best uh, ground guy they had. I think he had 45 yards rushing. So uh, they had to throw. Now, after Miami sort of, you know, they sort of got water in their face and said, what's going on here? They said, well, let's just go get the quarterback. And they sold out to, to – high pressure and it really put a 
put a, a serious uh, clamp on, on Sanders' throwing game. He had more passing yards in the first quarter than the next three combined. But, again, they made enough plays and figured out how to, how to make it work. So kudos to Casey Dunn and Tim Rattay and, and the game plan for really getting the Cowboys off to such a quick start. Big part of that was Brennan Presley. He uh, had the uh, uh, the drop pass on third and six that led to a uh, a fourth and six play where he uh, ends up being the hero and goes and, and makes a, a a tough catch on a ball that was just a little underthrown. He had gotten open deep uh, on uh, on fourth and six in the end zone and uh, or at the goal line and made a great play. But uh, but three touchdowns, 118 yards for Presley. Really a uh, an impressive, uh, I don't want to call it a, a debut, but uh, a breakout performance is, uh, is the word I'm looking for. It was uh, really uh, quite a show from uh, from the true freshman from Bixby. Uh, well, I liked a couple things about him. One is, I think it was his second touchdown. He sort of caught a slant. I think it was a slant, you know, in the middle of the field and was sort of open. Um, but there were two or three hurricanes between him and the goal line, and he just played Pac-Man with them and made them all miss and got to the end zone. And then in the fourth quarter, he catches that touchdown pass on sort of a post route or a streak, short streak route, and he was pretty well covered. And Spencer really threw a dart in there to him, and um, Miami guy hit him, and he held on to the ball. And, you know, he's, he's going to be smaller than everybody he plays against. Yeah. And so, to me, it showed a wide range of skills, ability to make people miss in the open field, but also ability to take a hit and, and complete a catch in traffic. So, I thought it was an outstanding debut. Oh, it's not a debut. He scored against Baylor. Didn't he score a touchdown against Baylor, I think? Uh, he had a, had a catch. He scored against okay. uh, Kansas State. Okay. Well, it he, he wasn't his debut, but it's sort of his coming out party. So, I was very impressed, and it's a nice, it's a nice uh, tip to the future. Um, OSU losing all these receivers. Where's it? Where's the new blood coming from? Well, Brennan Presley's uh, where you start, and and that's going to be interesting because you know we now we saw. I don't want to discount everybody else because Tay Martin played really well, made some big catches on the outside, but um, it's been a while. You might have to go back to uh, to Josh Stewart, maybe, to find a time when uh, when the slot receiver was the uh, number one option in the Oklahoma State passing game. Yeah, probably because um, you know when old Super Cooper was there for a long time, but he was never the number one option. Yeah, uh, but in the in the years between between James Blackman and. Uh, I mean, Justin Blackman and um, James Washington, there wasn't really a superstar in there, and I think it probably was Josh Stewart in the, what, the 12 and 13 era. So, um, yeah, and now you mentioned Tay Martin. I was really impressed with Tay Martin, too. He had three big-time plays. This is a guy that had – Washington State had nine catches all year. And uh, you know, we looked up at one point and said, why is he even playing? We didn't know for a little bit that Tyron Wallace had sort of been in the uh, – exiled after a half. 
but he Tay Martin had three big time plays: a diving catch. Uh, I think it was third and six or third and seven. He makes a diving catch for first down. Makes a thirty-five yard uh, deep ball catch, and he also, um, you know, he, he goes down on his knees, I think, and caught a six-yard pass on third and six. So, um, you know, to me, we hadn't seen much out of him all year, but tonight we saw a lot. So I feel better about OSU's receiving situation, much better than I did coming into Orlando. Yeah, really an interesting situation. Tyler Wallace, Dylan Stoner, Landon Wolf, all on the way out. Uh, Tyler Wallace, as you said, only played uh, only played a half. What do you think of of, of that uh, that whole scenario? It's, it seemed odd, and even after listening to the explanations, it still seems odd. But um, but just one half of football for Tyler Wallace. Very odd. You know, there was. There were reports at halftime or before even halftime that hey, this was a pre, this was a prenup, something yes. beforehand. Casey Dunn seemed to want us to believe that some of this was decided on the field even at halftime, but I get the feeling this was a sort of a compromise. So many guys opt out, you know. Even at OSU, it's happened, and um, it's, just, it's just a trend with all bowl teams. If you're not in the playoff. Just, you know, maybe you don't play. And um, I think Tylen Wallace is the kind of guy that likes to play, wanted to play, has shown he'll do whatever he can to play. But he also knows he's got a future in the NFL. And, um, you know, maybe maybe this was uh, – for all I know, it was coach-originated. This could have been the coaches saying, listen, give us a half or, you know – we talked about him playing the first half. They didn't throw him the ball in the second quarter. Right, yeah. So his six catches, I think it was six targets or maybe it was seven, but every how many times they threw it to him, it was all in the first quarter. So I tend to think this was a prenup, and um, it's odd. I'd never heard of it before. But, heck, I never heard of opting out of bowl games until four years ago. So <laughs> now that's all the rage. So – um, it worked out well because of Tay Martin and Brennan Presley. That's why it worked. If OSU loses this game 34-24, 34-31, I don't know that too many people in Cowboy land are going to be – would, would have been very happy with Tylen Wallace. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball where uh, Oklahoma State came up with, with big plays when they needed to. Uh, but, uh, but not necessarily a, a great performance. Solid, and, and like I said, they uh, they came up with stops in the end when they had to have them in uh, in the fourth quarter. But uh, overall, not uh, not their best showing of the season. No, it's very strange. I thought it was a strange night. They had a bunch of good tackles in the open field. They also missed some tackles in the open field. Mm-hmm. They had some great press breakups. They also let Miami run free and maybe won the game because Miami dropped two deep balls and a screen pass that probably was going to go for a touchdown. <clears throat> um, I thought the one thing they did is they rushed the quarterback pretty good. They only got one sack, but they contained Derek King when he was in there. And the backup, Perry, comes in. 
they largely contained him. He didn't really hurt them. So <clears throat> the running game was not much for Miami. They had the one bust out 40 yard touchdown run outside of that. So it was sort of a, it was, it was a, it was a, a feast or famine night, really, I thought, for the OSU defense. But they did two things, sort of in conjunction with the OSU offense. They were good in the first quarter, allowing the Cowboys to get off to 21-0 lead. And then twice in the last six minutes of the game, Miami takes the field, needing a field goal to tie and a touchdown to, to go ahead. And the Cowboys stopped them both times. So clutch, they, they were good in the clutch. I will say that. One of the more interesting developments of, uh, of the day, Malcolm Rodriguez announced that he will return for a uh, second senior season. He'll just be a fifth-year senior next year because uh, he did not redshirt. But uh, interesting in that uh, that he's going to stick around and play, not uh, not necessarily way out of left field uh, because he's uh, he's a guy that I think you know is is. Uh, kind of a borderline guy when you talk about the next level uh, and being a prospect, but um, but still uh, still has some improvement to make. And he, as he pointed out he wants to uh, wants to get his uh, degree. He changed his major late in his uh, college career, and so he's not uh, uh, he's on he's not on schedule to graduate until next fall. So it works out good for him to. Uh, to go ahead and finish off that degree and uh, and and come back and play one more season with the Cowboys, big boost for uh, for the defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And um, he's the kind of guy you need if you're going to build a good defense. Don't have to all have all superstars. Just a solid player who's in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Doesn't make every play, but makes a lot of plays. He made the game-ending play. He did. Fourth and six or seven and. Maybe fourth and eight, I can't remember. You know, they throw one of those uh, little short pass and expect one of the Miami. Miami's got some talented ball handlers. And uh, expect that guy to make somebody miss. And, and Malcolm got him down, three-yard game. So, um, effectively ended the game. And he's going to be back for another year. We'll see about some of the other guys. Uh, Amen and, uh, and a couple of those other guys who, who could be doing the same. Calvin Bundage. If if the majority of those guys come back, the Cowboys should be in great shape, uh, not just talent wise, but depth wise. Yeah, could be a, a very interesting year if uh, if some of those other linebackers choose to uh, to hang around for another season. Even a guy like Devin Harper could be a uh, a guy who fits in, uh, you know, there in the middle linebacker spot and uh, and uh, could have a, a really successful season and be a, a rock in the middle of that defense. He played well tonight. He seemed to be around the ball a lot. I thought. Got, that, got that fumble recovery uh, on the botched handoff. So, you know, Cowboys, uh, you know, they, I thought a key point in the game, late second quarter, Miami fumbles a punt, had all the momentum Miami did, 21-10. They, they had cut the lead to 21-10. But they fumble that punt, OSU gets it. And uh, on the plus side of the field, you think, hey, go score here. Even if it's field goal and you're in great shape, three and out, punt. And you harken back to TCU when they got all those takeaways and turned them into scant few points. But then Brock Martin, when the 
game was a little bit hairy. I think it was 24-19. Brock Martin falls on that loose ball, and the Cowboys go 48 yards to a touchdown and made Miami pay for that turnover. I thought that was a key point in the game. Yeah, it was because we had seen a lot of uh, a lot of takeaways result in uh, in no points for uh, for the Cowboy offense and in, uh, in the last couple of games. So uh, to go and uh, and make something happen in that situation was a uh, huge turn of events for Oklahoma State right there. Um, you look at uh, at what this uh, what this team brings back in the secondary. Obviously, Rodarius Williams was out tonight. Uh, you got Christian Holmes will have a decision to make for one of those seniors. But, uh, but they've still got some guys, Trey Sterling, um, Colby Harvell-Peel, who, uh, uh, you know, I think was playing injured a little bit this year and didn't have the uh, the level of, uh, of season that he'd had in years past, um, or last year anyway, uh, but, uh, but still has the talent to be a really good player. Uh, Tanner McAllister and 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 little Thomas Harper came on. I thought I thought really well as the uh, as the season went along. You got a lot of good to build around with uh, with the with, with this defense. Yeah, and you know, even a dude you hardly ever heard of, true freshman from Waco, Corey Black, makes a play yeah. on a deep ball. He's in for uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, who had gotten banged up. So I think they've got some depth back there. I really do think they've. They, you know, under Jim Knowles, they've they've improved that defense and they built it into something that can be sustainable. Tyler AC, uh, you mentioned, you know, had a really good game. They played without Trace Ford tonight, who was injured. Um, so it's a, you know, it, it's got the building blocks for a good defense, and um, you know, really the offense has been sort of the thing that was holding them back this year. And if they can get that going back to the OSU standard, you know, they should be in pretty good shape for for another good year. I actually think this is a pretty good year. Gundy said it after the game, and he, he's right. He said we're eight and three, and, you know, we got two games wiped out by the COVID. He didn't mention who they were, but they were the Western Illinois and Oregon State games. Those are games I think OSU's going to win. Mm-hmm. That's a 10 and three season with victories over Miami and Iowa State. And, um, uh, and, and a game and a victory over a Tulsa that held up all year. Tulsa still ranked in the committee's top 25. So, um, you know, is it, was it a great year? No, they didn't make it to Arlington. They didn't, they didn't beat Sooners. They didn't beat Texas, um, but I think it was a good year. You go eight and three and what's really a 10 and three season. I mean, I think that's a solid season. Yeah, yeah, it was obviously not what they had in mind at the beginning of the year with the goals that they had set for this team. But uh, in a uh, in a crazy year like this, with uh, with so many injuries and and dealing with COVID and and all the other things that went along with it, um, you got to be uh, you got to feel good about the way that uh, that things finished up the last couple of uh, times out for the Cowboys. Yeah, finished, right, third, finished third in the Big Twelve Conference. It's not where you want to be, but historically, it's far better than where OSU is accustomed to being. So, um, yeah, I think it was a solid season. All right, Barry, I'll uh, I'll uh, go ahead and wrap it up here with uh, with my favorite segment, the most important thing I forgot. Anything that's uh, that's sticking out to you, other than uh, all the free cheeses that we got in the press box? 
We had a lot of Cheez-Its tonight. I'll say this. One hidden place OSU could get a lot better is the kicking game. Historically, they've been very good in special teams. They weren't that great in special teams tonight. Uh, they, they did get the fumble on the, on the punt return, but they miss a field goal, a short field goal. They uh, miss an extra point. Um, the return game didn't yield much. Uh, if OSU could get back in the business a big-time kicking game, I think that really helps their chances of a breakout season. Yeah, that's exactly right. There are there is a lot of room for uh, for improvement in various areas. There, uh, you know, I think uh, if Alex Hale can come back healthy and be uh, the same uh, type of kicker that he was, I think he really improves your your uh, field goal kicking situation, place kicking situation. Um, you know, Tom Hutton was uh, was better this year than he was a year ago, uh, but he's not. He's still not one of those guys that's going to flip the field. Though he uh, he had a couple of good punts tonight, um, and then uh, like you mentioned in the return game, that's uh, that's something where uh, a guy like Brennan Presley could uh, possibly breathe some life into uh, into things there. So that'll be interesting to see what they uh, what they do and what transpires in uh, in that situation to uh, to try and and uh, reinvigorate. It. All right, Barry. Well, uh, well, that'll do it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for uh, listening to the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. Mm-hmm.